Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. All right, tonight I'm going to talk to you about faith in troubled times. If you do not realize that these times are troublesome, um, you got your head in the sand. I mean, that's all I can say. I was reading in the book of Luke 21, and, and it goes uh, to talk there about that in the last days that there are going to be things that are happening upon the earth uh, to cause perplexity. And the word perplexity means there are problems with no solutions. There's no answers to the things that are coming upon the face of the earth. And it goes on to say that men's hearts will literally fail them for looking at the things that are coming on the earth. And so when you look at a time that we're living in, would you say that these are perplexing times? Would you say that there seems to be problems but no one has answers? Everyone in our government and governments around the world are scrambling to find out and, and you know, make an offer. Okay, let's do this. Well, would you believe we need to do this? Well, what about that? They're offering all kinds of solutions. But as yet, there are no answers to the problems that they are, that they are offering. There are no answers found in it. You know, we're not going to find answers anywhere but in this book and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, that's what the world does not want to hear. God forbid that we would pray to the one who could bring answers to us. That's the time we're living in. Perplexing times. I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. All you can say that there's the work of demon powers in the earth today to blind and deceive people. So, the people of God, we can't be ignorant, and we don't need to be blinded, and we don't need to turn our heads when the Word of God will speak and give us direction for these last days. He said, my Word will be a lamp to your feet. In other words, when there's darkness all around, the light of God's Word will show us the way to go. People are stumbling. People are falling. But God said, if you will allow the lamp of my word, the light of my word to guide your life and you will do it my way, then you'll have answers and you'll get the solutions. You see, I don't think God is speaking to the church when he says that. He's speaking, now he could be speaking to carnal Christians who don't believe him for anything. Because if, if you look in other scriptures, I was just reading in First Thessalonians, uh, um, I think it's chapter number four or five around in there. And it's saying that the day that Jesus is going to come back to this earth, he's coming like a thief in the night. But he goes on to say, He's not coming like a thief in the night in the night for the body of Christ. They're going to know. They're going to understand. They're going to be looking. And they know the indicators saying that he's getting ready to come back. So we're not in the dark. We're in the light. And in these perplexing times, 
When men's hearts are literally failing them for fear, looking at the things that are coming on the earth and that are already here, God said, you are not in that category. If you will have faith to see you through the troubled times. I'm not saying that Christians don't, you know, they're not ignorant and, and you know, that they will all be expecting Jesus' return because I don't believe that. I believe that a lot of Christians are just like the world. They've received the Lord. They've got some fire insurance, hopefully. Hopefully they do, you know. But they don't understand and they don't know the God of the Bible. And so that's why we week after week and month after month and year after year make ourselves students of the Word. And that's why we come before this congregation. And every week we offer the Word of God you know, it, it, it's just like a banquet. You know, you can, you can prepare a dinner, make a wonderful dinner, and you can invite people to come in, but you know what? You can't make them eat. You can't even make them come. Jesus said that he prepared a supper, you know, and he invited people in, and they didn't actually respond. So you can't make people do things you can only offer things to them. Amen? All right. I want you to take your Bible and I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy. And we're going to look at um, chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Okay? This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Okay, he's talking about the last days. And, you know, all of us have heard Jesus is coming back. He's coming soon. We've been hearing that for a long period of time, haven't we? I can remember being a little girl and being at my grandmother's house who lived across the street from the church, across the road, I should say, because it was in the country. And so we would be there, you know, all of us kids, and there would be a crew of us, believe me. She had a lot of grandkids, and we would... You know, we'd always be a crowd there all the time. But people from the church would come over to her home. And I can remember sitting there and listening to the adults talk. And they were talking about Jesus' return and the signs that they were seeing. And, oh, man, it put the fear of God in me. It really did. Now, I, I don't know, probably I was eight or nine. And had come under conviction deep conviction of the Holy Spirit, but hadn't surrendered my life to the Lord because, number one, I didn't fully understand it. And so I hadn't, you know, made that commitment to the Lord at that time. But I can remember, you know, hearing them talk about that. And so people today, oh, yes, I've heard that. You know, my grandmother, I've heard aunts, uncles, people talking about Jesus' return. There's not really anything to that. Don't fall for that because here he's saying in the last days or really if you look at that, the last of the last days, perilous times shall come. Dangerous times. Troubled times would come upon the face of the earth. Do you think we're in that time right now? Now remember, we're not to bury our head in the sand. When Put that scripture up in the Amplified, would you please? 2 Timothy 3, 1. Let's look at that. But understand this. Understand this. 
that in the last days or the last of the last days will come or set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. Hard to deal with. How do you deal with what's going on? How do you bear what's going on? Well, thank God he did say that he would not allow anything that we couldn't bear to come upon us. And with that, what comes on us, he'll make a way for us to get out of it, to escape. He tells us that. Let's look at that again now. They're going to come and set in the perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. Well, let's look at that stress. Have you ever seen a time in marriages, and probably if you're like me, I can think of people whose marriages, because of financial stress, are falling apart? That's the day that we live in. And, we, and as we look around, you know, people losing their jobs. You probably know someone that's lost their job, losing their job. You probably know someone who has lost their home or is losing it. You probably know someone. So this is not something that just touches someone in California, you know. This is right here where we live in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it is touching communities and cities everywhere. So troubled times are here. Times that are hard to bear are here. So what do we, as the children of God, do? We have to have a plan. We have to know what to do. There's got to be a solution. There's got to be answers for us. And thank God that he didn't leave us and say, well, you know, I told you it was coming, so you all just grit and bear it. No. He always gives us a way out. He always gives us a way. Thank God. That is our God. We are His covenant children. And He always makes a way for us, doesn't He? Now, I was looking down through here in these other verses, and it, and it starts giving us characteristics that are going to be upon the face of the earth and that the people will be exhibiting in their life. Now, look at this. It, it says that men will be lovers of their own selves, self-centered people. Only care about themselves, don't care about other people or anything else. Amen? And it goes on to say that they'll love money and be greedy for wealth. Now, see, some people take that right there and they'll say, well, you know, see, we, we're not to have money. That is not what God is saying. And if the devil can get you to believe that, that you are to have nothing, then you are going to be held captive. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have your needs met. And he wants you to have abundance. It didn't say that money was the root of all evil. It says the love of money and to be greedy for wealth. And you see, I see people that get, you know, where we are, you know, in uh, the word of faith. And I see them and they're greedy for wealth. They're not sowing into the kingdom. They're not sowing so the gospel can go forth. They're sowing to get whatever it is that they want. Now, I sow with a purpose, and I do believe in that. But I sow, number one, because I love the Lord, and I'm going to be obedient to what He tells me to do, and because I want to help other people. 
That's why I sow. But I also know that when I sow, he tells me that if I cast my bread on the water, it's going to come back. So I'm constantly sowing. I'm finding places to sow. I don't love money. I love the Lord. And I sow my seed. And he takes care of me. So I'm expecting him to meet my needs. I'm expecting that. You know, and so we can, but see a characteristic of the last days that people are going to be self-centered. They don't care about anyone but themselves. And then they love money for greedy purposes. See, that's a characteristic of the last days. And then also they're going to be full of pride and arrogant. They know everything. They've got all the answers. Look at me. I can help you. You know, I've got the answers, but the Bible says, no, if you don't know the Lord, you don't have the answers. Because there are perplexing times with no solutions. There'll be blasphemers and scoffers scoffing at the gospel, scoffing at the word of God, of what God tells us, disobedient to parents. Would you say that's the time we're living in? Callous and inhuman. The things that we hear of violence today, it's unbelievable, without natural affection. Child abuse. We live in a time where people are inhuman and they're callous to the, to the feelings and needs of other people. Loose morals and conduct. My God. This is the question. What are morals and what is good conduct? We've lost our way, even the church. Even the church. And see, I'm not here to condemn people. If you're trying to serve the God, okay. But you got to serve Him His way. You can't do it your way. Loose morals. And I won't get into that because I could go a long way. Because that bothers me. It really does. I, you know, I think the people of God ought to live righteously. They ought to live holy, separated lives. It doesn't mean we're perfect. If you look at me, you're going to see flaws, and I'll sin and mess up. But if I look at you, so will you. But it doesn't mean that we live in that. It doesn't mean that we live in sin. It means that when we sin, we recognize it, acknowledge it, and get forgiveness, and don't live a lifestyle of sin. Amen? Don't tell me, I don't care. And, and, you know, I can say this now. If I'm talking to an individual, I'll be a little bit different. But don't you tell me that you love the Lord and you're a Christian and you've got sin and you know God has spoken to you and you live a lifestyle of that and you're not going to change it. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Don't tell me that you're a Christian. I don't want to hear it. Because my Bible says we'll know them by their fruit. And again, we're not perfect. So I'm not talking about living perfectly. But you know, when you can live in sin and you're comfortable, get a clue. If the Holy Spirit is not convicting, your conscience may be seared and you can't even hear the voice of the Lord. So then you have to ask yourself, do I even know the Lord? It means uncontrolled. We're, we're, we're a society out of control. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. After all, you have rights. 
It means fierce, haters of good, haters of good. Isaiah, there'll come a day when they'll call evil good and good evil. If we're not living in that day, it's here. It's here. Pray as a nation. You've got to be kidding. So what do you do in these troubled times? How do you live? Do you live under it? Do you get under it? Do you get depressed? Do you go underground? Do you start storing your food up, getting ready to go underground? No. This is the time where the church rises up to shine like they've never shown before. If you've got the light of God in you, let me tell you, if it's a little flicker or a little flame, in the days of great darkness that we're living in, people will be drawn to that because they're looking for the light. Amen? It also says that in the last days, in these troublesome times that are hard to bear and full of stress, that there's going to be religious people. And these religious people are going to talk the right thing, but they have no power in their lives. And that has to mean that in, in conjunction or at the same time, there's going to be a people with power in their life that are talking the Word, talking the Lord, but there is some kind of demonstration that is going on in their lives to display the power of God. This is not the time to be weak and intimidated and not stand up for what you believe in. Because you could, I mean, you can stand up in the midst of darkness and proclaim the light. Amen? You might be rejected. You might be scoffed at. You might be mocked at. But the thing about it is, light will dispel the darkness. You keep standing for the light. Amen? Verse number 13 of this chapter in the Amplified says this, Wicked men and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and leading astray others and being deceived and led astray themselves. See, this says that in the end times, wicked people and impostors, well, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian leader. Okay? And it says that they will lead people astray and they're led astray themselves and they deceive others. Folks, you better be careful who you follow. You need to be in a local church in these last days. You don't need to be just out here floating around. You need an anchor. You need a local church because deception is rampant. People being led astray. Now to be led, you have to follow, right? People just follow. They follow wrong things. They follow deception. That's why we need to stay with this book. We don't have any new revelations. We just have this book. Amen? So what do we do? What do we do in these troublesome times? Well, I think it, there is a clue here in verse number 14. I want you to look at this. Verse number 14. But continue thou in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. Now see, I want you to look at this. It says, continue 
in the things that you have learned. See, every week for 30-something years, we've been here and we've been proclaiming the Bible. We proclaim the Word of God. People are learning and they're growing. Now, we're at all different levels. Some just come in, you know, to, uh, to the Lord and, and, and to knowing the Bible. Others, you know, they're growing and, uh, and maturing. Others are mature saints. So we're at all levels. But he's, it doesn't matter what level you're on. Continue. Keep doing what you've learned. In other words, you know, you hear people, well, I want to go into the deep. Well, now, what do you mean by that? You don't need to go into the deep. You need to go into the things that you've already... Well, I heard that message. Pastor King preached that a few years ago, and I've already heard that. He said, continue in perilous times when things are stressful and hard to bear. Go back to the basics. And don't say we're going into the deep because we need to get back to the basics that we have learned, that we've been taught, that we've grown in, that have helped us to this point. We don't need that new revelation. We need to know how to walk by faith and not by sight. We need to know how to speak words full of faith to change circumstances. We need to know how to pray, and not just some little pitiful prayer, but powerful praying, releasing power in the earth. So we have to go back to the basics. Now, when I was a young girl, I can remember my dad and my sister and I, we would um, watch football together. We started doing that. I don't even know. My brother played football, so we'd go to his games. And then we'd watch college and professional football. Now, don't ask me a lot of questions about it, guys, because I know some things, but some things I just don't get. They don't click, you know. But I generally know the game. And so I remember this coach, and some of you all, this tells my age a little bit, Vince Lombardi. You remember? And anybody probably that knows football, at least you know of him, even if you weren't around to watch it in that era. But, you know, I heard about him, and I heard about how every year at the beginning of practice, you know, when they were getting ready for their season, he would take everybody, and he would get a football. Now, if you can imagine this, he would get a football, and he would say to the guys, guys, this is a football. Now, is that basic or what? You see, he knew he had to keep the basics straight. They had to know the basics. You've got to know about passing and receiving. You've got to know about blocking and tackling. You know, if things are not going well in a season, does the football coach come back and say, okay, we've got to learn a new play that's never been played before. Does he say that? No. He says, we have got to get back to the basics. We don't have the basics down. And see, that's what we have to do as children of God. When we see troublesome times, when we're facing perplexity of all manner, when, when things are stressful in our lives and all around us, we have to do what it says, and we got to go back to the basics of our faith in Jesus Christ.
We've got to go back. We're not trying to learn some new truth. I love revelation, you know, but it's just like I told you. How many times have I read this scripture before, this chapter in this book? Many, many times, but I've never seen it before. But God was speaking to me and saying, in these last days, you've got to go back to what you know. You've got to stand on that firm foundation. And you teach the people that you have influence with to do the same thing because they're facing unemployment. They're facing foreclosures. They're facing marital difficulties. They're facing all these problems and they need to know, what do I do? And so, I'm telling you, we got to get back to the basics. We've got to look to the truth of God's Scripture. And we've got to do it. It's not just enough to look at it and see it. We've got to do it. Amen? You know, I heard something that ministers every month are leaving the ministry because of burnout and stress in just an unprecedented way. I mean, it's just tremendous. You think about that. So it's not just touching a few, it's touching everybody. You know, it, it is touching everybody. And we have got to get back to the basics. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora. Pastor Nora.